Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you guys are here online and in person. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Rise Church Denver, and we are all about helping people follow Jesus. We want to help you follow Jesus and for you, in turn, to help others follow Jesus. That's our mission together on that. Um, Before we start the message, I thought it would be good that we could pray right now for our city and specifically for East High School. Could we do that together? Lord God, we turn to you right now. Um, Once again, we are shocked, hurt, angered, Um, by something happening in our city, uh, at a school where students from our church are present, even teachers, and and Lord God, we just, we need you. We need your help. I pray that you would comfort those who right now are hurting, that they're angry. Uh, Be especially with Eric Sinclair um, as he recovers, Lord God. Give him a full recovery. Heal him from what happened. And we pray, Lord God, for an end to gun violence. Lord God, we want an end to violence, not only in our city and our schools, but in our world, Lord God, in our country, and we need your help to make that happen. Lord God, I pray that you'd use every single one of us. Open up our eyes to see the ways that we need to love, that we need to bring peace where there is hatred and violence. Lord God, we are the peacemakers. Use us that way. Uh, You have given us the ministry of reconciliation, and I pray that we would be those reconcilers, um, teenagers even in their schools, adults in their workplaces, Lord God, and protect our kids protect this generation. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just um, speak to us today. We want to hear from you. We want to learn today so that we could go out and be better agents of love, better agents of reconciliation in our world. And I pray that you change our hearts to be more like your heart today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you saw a little bit, Sawyer's already talking about Easter, and I want you to see on your seat, you should have one of these cards if you're here in person online. There's the digital card. Um, This card is not for you. Okay, we say that this card is so you can take it and invite someone else to come on Easter. Um, That's two weeks away. Two weeks from today is Easter Sunday, and just based on our projections of growth, we anticipate like 940 people almost, so we're pushing for 1,000 because we're not satisfied with just normal growth, right? We want to reach even more people for Jesus, but we're going to need all of you to make that happen. And with that, we anticipate not only a big Easter Sunday in two weeks, but we want those people to come back the next week and be a part of our church and grow uh, as individuals and in their faith. In order to make that happen, we need you guys to do three things. You guys focused? If you were here last year, you heard these three things before, but we need to do them again. Okay, three F's. The first one is invite a friend. To invite a friend, because we have to keep inviting people to come in person, send the link so they can join us online. we got to keep inviting people if we want to keep growing. So that's the first one, invite a friend. The second thing is to park far. That's the second F, park far. we got a pretty sucky parking lot. Let's be honest, okay? It's way too small for us. We've already outgrown it by a lot. So we want you to park far. So what this means is that if you're new, some of you like didn't even realize it, but yeah, our parking lot almost every week now is full. So if you can, park on the streets over on 21st Avenue, or even park down the street if you go to Montessori Children's House. You know, they rent from us in the week. They're middle school, so we have a great relationship with them. We can use their lot on Sundays, and you get uh, chauffeured in the limo uh, golf cart if you guys saw that. So if you park in that lot, that still has some spots, so park down there, because what it does is then a new guest who comes can come right into the lot and make it in, and their job is a lot easier. Instead of coming in there, getting angry, flipping someone off, and then realizing, well, now I can't go to church. 
And you guys better not flip them off either, okay? I'm watching you, but we want our guests to have a great experience, so we want to give them the best spots, right? That's what we do for our guests. And with that is the third thing. We want to give them the best seats too. So we want you to sit up front, okay? Sit up front. Why? Because we all know that the seats in the back are the best seats in the house. And when you're new, you're a little nervous, you come in, you're like, I'm not too sure about this place, you're going to sit right in the back. That's what we do when we're guests. So we want to give those seats to our guests. So if you're a regular here, even if you've been coming for two weeks, we want you to move forward a few rows, maybe even to the front row, okay? We love our front row. Oh, look at, hey, girls, it's good to see you guys in the front row. We love people who are willing to sit in the front row. Don't worry, it's not a splash zone. Okay, that's a bad joke for preachers. Okay, um, it's, it's good to sit there. So if you do those three things, it's actually going to make more room for people because we're going to need it. Um, and those three things make this growth continue to happen and see more and more people follow Jesus. So three things. Invite a friend, park far, and sit up front. Can we do that? Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And I do want to say, if, if you're physically able, park far. Because we know some people need to park up close. If that's you, please park park up front. If you're pregnant, if, if whatever, if there's a physical reason you need to park close, nobody's going to say a thing, okay? If you can park far. Hey, ride your bike. It's getting nice, right? Get your electric e-scooter and ride it to church, right? Whatever it takes so we can help more people follow Jesus. Okay, so um, with the growth, I wanted to do something. We did this first service, and maybe uh, if I see somebody, maybe in the back can take a picture of this, this again. Um, but uh, what I want to see is if you're, in a ch- if you're here in church and you were a part of a rise church before March of 2020, could you please stand? If you were a part of our church before March of 2020, please stand up. Okay? Love you guys. Glad you guys are here. Look around for a second. Okay? Now I want you to sit down. Now if you have started coming to our church since March of 2020, please stand up. Please stand up if you started coming to our church after March 20. Welcome, yeah, we can welcome those people. Let's welcome them. We love you guys. We are so glad you're part of our church. So if you guys look around right now with these people, look how many there are, okay? Okay, you guys can have a seat. See, we're growing. We're a bigger church. And I, what happens with a lot of new people, they're like, yeah, I've been coming for a, new, uh, for a year. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm brand new. And you're like, no, no, no. You are like the long-termers now, okay? Meaning we've got to all step up. And, and part of that, and what we celebrated this last week, I mentioned to you, we, we have had 50% growth since last year. That's awesome. 50% growth in in-person attendance. But our giving's only gone up 20%. So that's one of the reasons why we're talking about this multiplied series today. And yes, if you didn't guess it, we are talking about our 90-day generosity challenge again. And yes, we're talking about it two weeks in a row. Because some of you are like, well, I I took this 90-day generosity challenge last week. I committed to it. So you just get to celebrate today all the reasons why God is going to bless you for your giving and why your giving makes a difference. Some of you, though, need to hear it again because you need a little shove. If you're here, though, and you're a guest, we don't want your money. We do want you to fill out a new form, though. You can go to risedenver.com slash new. That's your giving today. We actually give $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission for every new form that gets filled out. That's your gift today. If this isn't your church home, like I talked with somebody who's visiting, uh, you know, from Arkansas, like, that's cool. Like, if you're here, then go home and give it your church and have your pastor write me a thank you note afterwards, okay? Because, yes, we are going to be talking about giving because giving is that big of a deal. It has to do with our faith, and it also makes all the things happen here, And let me just tell you this big idea. This is going to give you some encouragement, I believe, in your giving. And it's this. When you give, it helps people live for eternity. When you give, it helps people live 
for eternity. That's our big idea today because we are helping people in their lives right now when we give, when we're generous with what we have, when we're open-handed and say, I don't need it all for myself, but I'm willing to give to those in need. It, it not only changes their life now, but it, it changes eternity. And what bigger investment than we can have than that? When you give, you help others live for eternity. So if you have a Bible, open with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We started this passage last week. We're going to finish it today. And it's going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12 to 15. And then if you have um, the Bible app on your phone, so any smartphone, you can download the users and Bible app. If you go to the bottom right-hand corner, it says more. You click that button, you find the event for Rise Church Denver. You can see the scripture we're covering today, the notes. You can save them right there. Um, and this is going to really help us understand the bigger picture for our investments because the Bible teaches that we should invest for the future. Did you know that? Okay, investing isn't just a good thing that your parents and your financial manager is telling you to do for, for some day later, okay? Saving and investing for the future is actually a very biblical concept. It's a practical concept, too. Did you know that if 20 years ago you had invested $1,000, if you had invested $1,000 in Apple computers, do you know how much it would be worth today? It would be worth $695,000 today. So investing can make you some money, Right? But it also can make an impact for the future. And the Bible teaches us we should do this. Some people are like, i got to live by faith, so I'm living paycheck to paycheck. No, 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 that ain't biblical. In fact, in the Bible, in Proverbs chapter 6, we are commanded to look at the ant. That's a weird thing, right? Look at the ant, study the ant, because the ant stores up in the summer and gathers at the harvest. Why? So that they'll have something to eat in the winter. And what God is saying, he's like... If the ant is dumb enough to do this, why are you humans so stupid that you don't save and invest for the future, right? Jesus taught us we should invest for the future in a, in a couple different places. And, and if that's true for our life, that we should save, and the simple way to remember this, in, in case you're wondering, is to give, save, live. That's what you should do with your money. The first thing you do is give back to God. Second thing you do is save for yourself and then live off the rest. Simple way, 10% give, 10% save for yourself. You can live off the rest. 80% to live on right now. Give, save, live. That's a simple way to remember it. This is a biblical concept of saving for yourself. And if that's true for our life now, that we got to save up so we have something to eat in the future, how much more so for eternity? Think about this. We save up now, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to save, I'm going to invest, I'm going to put something in my 401k every month so that when I retire... I can live for those, whatever, 20, 30, 40 years. It's getting longer and longer, isn't it, when I retire? Like, it, it, how much more so for the thousands upon millions upon trillions of years in eternity should we invest now for the future? Jesus talked about this principle. He said you should actually invest in relationships now because when you make friendships now, especially friendships that lead people to Jesus and their relationships that help people grow in their faith, then those people will welcome you in heaven. That, that's what he says in the Gospel of Luke. Like, you're investing in eternal relationships when you give and are generous with what you have now. Jesus taught that. He said, you shouldn't store up your treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, but in heaven, because they'll last forever. We should invest for eternity, for the long haul, and how much more so in people's lives. So we see um, this idea that when you give, you help others live for eternity, 
And what I want to teach you is two different points from this, this passage that we're going to look at. And the first one is that when you give, you help others live. It's like the first point is that you actually just help others. There are needs around us, and, and we can help others right now when we give. And we're going to see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. You guys with me on this? In verse 12... Paul says, this service that you perform, he's writing to the, this church that was in the city of Corinth, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, and we'll stop there for just a second. What is the service that they perform? Well, he's building on what we read last week. When he challenged every single one of us that are followers of Jesus, he says, each of you should give what, what you put on your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So he says, when you give in that way, that you're being generous, that you're being cheerful, that you're being open-handed with the things God has given you, that is a service that you perform to supply the needs of the Lord's people. I have the word um, perform here underlined because the word perform here in the Greek is actually a Greek word liturgos, where we get the English word liturgy, which talks about what is done in religion, okay? This was a term that was used for those who worked in the temple. They would perform the work of service. They would perform the work of ministry. And when priests went and ministered in the temple, this was the word that was used. Paul is saying that when you give, that's actually ministry. A lot of people think if you've heard anything, you're like, oh, you're the minister, right? The person standing on stage, the, the pastor, that's the minister, right? Wrong. Every single one of us is a minister, we are all called to ministry. We are all called to go out to serve others, to love others, to help others in a myriad of different ways. And when you give, you are actually part of that ministry. God's ministry is through you when you're generous with your time and your talents and your treasures. So giving is ministry, and I think we all want to be a part of the ministry to help other people. We want to do it. So why then do we keep it all for ourselves? Well, probably because we're nervous. We're trying to save up for the future, right? What if something happens? Like, if you're barely living paycheck to paycheck, you're, you're worried about it. Like, how, how could I give now? Or perhaps you've saved up three months. Oh, I got to get to six months emergency savings. Okay, I got up to six months, but, but my nest egg is pretty small. I didn't start investing in the future in my 401k soon enough, so I need to invest more there. And maybe I need to pay off my loans, and then I need to pay for my kids to go to college, and then maybe I'll have some money to, sh to spare. We, we don't give now because of future needs we might have, right? Let's be honest, that's what we do. But here's the thing. There are people who are in need around you right now. Randy Alcorn, a theologian, he writes this. He says, are we truly obeying the command to love our neighbor as ourselves if we're storing up money for potential future needs when our neighbor is laboring today under actual present need? There are needs around us right now, and we should, with open hands, give. Now, I want you to give, save, live. I want you to keep saving, right? Keep investing for yourself. But the first thing is to give, because there are real needs around us right now. And when you give to our church, you help people with practical needs. Now, we, we are talking about giving. I'm going to encourage you guys to give, even give to our church today. But if you have a real need that you are struggling with finances, we have cash in a basket in the back of the auditorium. You can walk back there and take as much as you want if you're over 18, no questions asked. If you have a bigger need than that, you come talk to us and we'll try to help you as well. And some of you here, you have some spare cash, you can throw it in there on your way out. Okay, we want to help people in need. We're, we say that. Last week we had someone come up to me and say, Matt, I, I love this talk on giving, I want to be generous, but I haven't eaten in three days. 
that's in our church. And I said, well, take as much cash as you want. Here's some food from the cafe, and we got her even more food before she left and some more food this week until she can make it to her next paycheck. Because there are real needs around us, and when you give, it helps people's practical needs. We as a church last year in 2020, 2022, what year are we in now? 2022, we gave 15% of everything you gave us away. Do you guys hear that? 15%. So we're more than tithing as a church. We're giving that away to practical needs like that, to helping people who, who have basic necessities that they need, some food to eat. Maybe they need some help with transportation or even a place to say, we want to help that way. So, so we give away to that. We, we also give away to um, ministries outside of our church. We, we do local outreach to the community. We give money to organizations like the Denver Rescue Mission. That's why you got to fill out that new form because you give $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission when you do it. Help someone who's homeless and in need. We, we give money to missions agencies. We, we even packed some meals to send to Haiti. So it's not just hungry people here, but hungry people around the world. Do you guys remember this? Who was here for the meal pack? Yeah, back in September, we did our second meal pack where we didn't even have a worship service. We just set up tables in here and we packed uh, rice and beans and, and some protein and, and we sent it to Haiti. Over 63,000 meals we were able to send down there to Haiti to serve those who are in need, okay? That's awesome. Good, good work, team. We did it, okay? We, we were helping people, and that's what we want to do to help practical needs. You help others when you give. When you give, you help others. And it practically is part of our church, too. Some of us, like, don't even think about it, but when you give, you pay the salaries of people like me that are on staff here at the church, okay? Your giving allows us to live so that we can continue to pour into this church, do ministry, help people spiritually, help people grow. Your giving makes that happen. And, and I think that's interesting because as we're going, growing as a church, um, I, I looked at a report and it was like an annual, uh, not an annual, it was a quarterly report for the last quarter and it was like this is the average uh, across the country of how many staff people are there for every person in a congregation. So the average in America right now is one staff person for every 40 seven people in a congregation, right? So one person that can, can help take care of the needs of 47 people. Here at a church, we are now at the point where we are one staff person for every 80 people in our church. So meaning we're getting a little stretched. And we anticipate growing even more this year, meaning we're gonna be really stretched in the fall, meaning we need you to give so that we can hire the staff so that we can continue the ministry and we don't get hampered by that. Does that make sense? So, so that's one of the things. Your giving also pays for the lights to be on in this building, for this facility to be here. We, we try to be generous with this facility throughout the week. We have multiple different recovery groups who come use our building. We have a couple different schools who use our facility. And we, we here on Sunday, we have Bible studies, we have classes, we have all this different stuff going on and your giving makes that happen. Now that's a big deal. We, we try every year to plan as careful as we can for, for our budget for the next year. And, and we were right on really so far when it came to giving. You guys have given at 101% of what we anticipated so far this year. That's great. Praise God for that. But our, giving, or our spending right now is at 122%. Yeah. Now, there's some things that are one-time expenses. We had like an HVAC that we have to keep repairing, right? That we're having some issues that we have to take care of. Some of them are one-time expenses, so it'll actually even out by the time we get through the rest of the year. But I'm telling you guys this, because of inflation, because of the same thing you guys are facing, you know, we're overspending what we need. And some of it is the needs of our church as it keeps growing, but your giving actually will help us so that we don't have to cut back on stuff. And we can. We're, we're, trying, we, we're finding different ways. Hey, we don't need to spend on this. We can lower this expense. Hey, we can get a new lease on, on this printer, that kind of stuff. Like We're finding those ways to be smart and frugal with all we have. But I'm telling you guys this because your giving helps needs here in our church. 
If we want to continue to help people practically, spiritually, your giving makes it happen. Your giving makes it happen. <clears throat> so, and, and with that, we want even more things to happen. One of the other things your giving does is it supports missionaries. Did you guys know that? We have four missionary units, so individuals and couples that we support from our church. Three of them, we're their sending church for. Like, that means, like, we're the home church. We've got to, like, stand behind these people. But we have three other people, Jimmy told me this week, three other people who are prayerfully considering becoming missionaries themselves. How the heck are we going to financially afford that? Well, we need your giving so that in the future we can continue to send out more people from our church. We have, uh, you know, a potential church planter in our church. We want to start other churches in the area, but your giving is going to be needed to make that happen in the future, in the future. And uh, like I said, if this isn't your church home, go give to another church home. If, if you're not a Christian, give to some other organization to help people in need. And then if you're new here and you're like, I don't know if I can trust this church, like I get it, give somewhere else. And then once you trust us, start giving here. And we believe in this so much is that we realize since I've gotten here as the lead pastor, our church has grown, our budget has doubled, our giving has doubled. Our transactions have doubled. And we're at the point over the last few months, I realized like I'm stretched a little bit beyond what I can do as the, you know, the lead pastor. I, like, I need some help. We have a great financial advisory team that, that's been helping us, but we realized we needed some more help. So we actually made the decision to hire an outside accounting firm that specializes in churches. It's a local firm here in town. And they are going to actually come on board next month. And they're going to be helping us with so much, not only just our bookkeeping and our accounting, but they're also going to basically be able to come in as like a CFO into our board meetings and, and give us bigger picture, give us best practices. And we're so excited about it because it's going to allow us to be even more efficient financially as a church. And we need to do that. We need to make sure every dollar is used for what it should be doing. So I hope that that will help you grow in your trust even more of our church. So we have this outside CPA firm helping us. And, um, you know, if we were going to hire someone to be a CFO like that, it would cost a lot of money. Well, these guys are doing it at a fraction of the cost because they are ministry-minded, uh, and they're great. And in fact, I wanted Todd Bright to be here, who's the founder of this firm that's, that's local, but he's at his own home church this week giving a financial report. So he made us a little video. So I want to introduce you to Todd Bright today. Hey, good morning, Arise Church. Uh, my name is Todd Bright, and I'm the founding partner of Brighton Associates. Uh, we've been working with Matt and your leadership team at the church over this last month to determine how we might be able to come alongside and help. Um, what we do is we do outsourced accounting. And uh, the firm exists because we realize that it's, we want to perform the highest level of accounting services, just like you could do with your ministry and your worship and your serving God and your teaching. We want to do the same thing for accounting. And so we've uh, come alongside Arise and we'll be starting this next month with all of your processing of your payables, your the payroll, keeping track of donations, reconciling the bank accounts, reconciling all of your accounting, and producing financial reports. And the purpose of all that is, is to honor God and steward the resources that God has given to the church as best we can. And we want to help you make right decisions moving forward. We believe accurate and timely accounting allows that to take place. And um, as you, as partners with the church, uh, we look at our, ourselves as, as a key role in that. And so we'll be, you'll have a team of three of us assigned to the church and uh, we'll be able to do all of the accounting for you. Uh, and we're excited about what God's doing and we look forward to partnering with you in the future. May God bless everything that, that's happening and continue to grow the ministry there. Have a great day.
Thanks. Yeah, we're real excited about it. Uh, it was recommended um, by somebody, one of my coaches that's at a mega church, and this organization, even though they're local, they work with organizations around the country, some big ones that you've even heard of. And when I called him, I'm like, are they going to take on a small fish like us? And he's like, well, Matt, um, I already looked at your website. I did some review on you personally and on this church, and, and we're on board. And I was like, what? Because they want to help organizations like ours do even bigger um, ministry for the kingdom of God. And I'm really excited about that. So hopefully you will begin to trust us even more with your money so that we can uh, help more people practically and also to help them spiritually for the long haul. Because when you give, you not only help others, but you help others live for eternity. There is an internal impact when you give to a church or a gospel-centered organization. And those are the things, it's like investing for a, you know, a few decades or investing for eternity. We want to invest for eternity, to have the ripples go on and on and on forever. And I think that's so important. So we're going to keep reading in our passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start again in verse 12 and read verses 12 and 13. There we read, um, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. People are thanking God because of your giving. And in verse 13, he says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So this is saying, as they're giving, other people are real happy. They're praising God for this giving. Now, probably what was going on here, actually what was going on in this section of Scripture, is that the Corinthian church was probably a pretty wealthy church. They were in a city that was, there was a ton of trade, things were going very well, the church was doing well. But the church in Jerusalem was the biggest church in the ancient world. It had grown huge, and there was a ton of people who were poor, who were widows, who needed financial aid. And because of that, Paul's like, hey, could you give to support those needs? Because they were all part of, you know, the big universal church. And so Paul's like, you might not ever meet these people in Jerusalem that you're giving towards. But those people are praising God because of your generosity. And part of that, the people are just thankful. But I think another part of it is that these people are having the gospel proclaimed to them. And it's leading people who are far from God to come close to God. And for the first time, maybe ever praise God and become followers of Jesus. Meaning people's lives are transformed, their eternities are transformed because of the generosity that people have with open hands. Do you guys understand that? That's why your giving transforms lives. When you give to our church, you are leading people to make decisions that will ch change their eternity. And I believe that when you think of how your money should go and how it should give, because we all have organizations we like, we have individuals that we want to support perhaps if, that are in ministry, but when you think through it, you should think, what is the biggest impact for eternity? That's what David Green does. Now, now, David Green um, is a, uh, um, the CEO of Home, ugh, I said this first service too, of Hobby Lobby, CEO of Hobby Lobby, and um, he not only had, had given up at last point, I think uh, last year was something like $500 million that he'd given away, but then last year he decided he was going to give his entire company away. Like every dollar of it, everything that he owned, he'd give it away. And this is what he said. He said, for me, I want to know that I have affected people for eternity. I believe I am. I believe once someone knows Christ as their personal savior, I've affected eternity. I matter 10 billion years from now. And, and when we use that, when we use our money to help others follow Jesus, they can find eternal life in Jesus Christ and they're in heaven. They're going to be praising God there for you. 
And man, that'll be cool to be a part of something that echoes into eternity. Now, you're probably like me, and you have like a pair of shoes or a jacket you're keeping your eye on, right? You guys do this? You're like, that looks pretty nice. I'm going to wait till it goes on sale. And you're thinking about it. Well, I, I, I think about it, and I'm like, that's a great pair of shoes, right? But how many years is that sh- pair of shoes going to last me? Maybe a decade if I, if I treat them well and, and they're really well built. Okay, for 10 years? Some of you are like, well, you know, I want to remodel my kitchen so that it will look good for the next, what, couple decades? I want to get this vehicle. I want to upgrade. It's like, well, how long is that vehicle going to last you? Maybe a few decades? We do this. We, we invest in things that, that we, we like. We spend our money on things, but it won't last for very long. But when you invest in kingdom ministry and helping people find and follow Jesus, you invest into eternity. Not just for a few decades, not just for 100 years, but for thousands and millions upon billions of years. That's a good investment. That's a good investment. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do. Um, David Wills, um, he works for a Christian nonprofit that, that helps people who are very wealthy, that are Christian, to be generous with their money. Because those people need to learn to be generous too, right? And that's like primarily what he does. He coaches individuals, organizations. And he said he was sitting down with this, this one man who was 83 years old and was asking him to give generously. And the guy was like us, and he's like, well, I don't know. I might need the money. This guy had a net worth of $30 million at this point. And he's like, we might need it. We might need it. And, and he pressed him a little further. He was teaching him on the Bible. This guy's a Christian. He's like, well, the Bible says you must be generous and all this stuff. You have so much. And, and the guy was like, Look, son, you don't understand, young man. He said, I lived through the Great Depression. He said, in 1929, I had a net worth of $30 million back then. And can you imagine $30 million then? And he said, and overnight, it was gone. So I have to keep this money just in case something happens. So David Wills was kind of like, well, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I should save and invest. If $30 million can disappear overnight, like, what, what could happen now? But then he thought about it some more, and he, he pushed the guy a little further, and he said, just imagine how you would have felt if in 1929 you have given away half of your $30 million. How would you have felt? The man sat back. He smiled, got out his checkbook, and wrote a check for $2.5 million. And a couple years later, gave away everything he had. Because even $30 million isn't safe. You could invest, you could save up everything, and it'd be gone. Even banks falter. Our investments crash. But when we invest in eternity, it will last forever and ever. That's why we store up our treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy. That's what Jesus said. We need to invest for eternity, and we can make an impact forever and ever and ever. Verse 14, if we continue in our passage, verse 14 says, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. These are the people who are receiving generosity from the church. The church in Jerusalem, they're receiving this generosity. Their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. God gives the grace, God gives the money, it gets passed on to other people, and they are rejoicing, they are celebrating, and they're happy. And Paul's like passing on this, like they're thankful because of you. And I think this is important because in this life, sometimes we don't get to see the results of our giving. 
You might give to an organization. You might give to our church, and you're like, okay, I hear there's somebody accepted Christ. I hear some, but, but you don't actually personally witness it. So I want to just tell you guys, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. In the last six months, we have seen over 100 people indicate to us that they have made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. Your giving is making that happen. Thank you for your generosity. We've seen 20 people in that time get baptized. In the last six years since I have um, stepped in as the lead pastor of this church, I went back and calculated, and we have seen 379 decisions for Christ and 92 baptisms. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, guys. I want to thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause. You, your giving has made that happen. Thank you. You know, and, and we're growing as a church. Last year, we grew by 50%. Already so far this first quarter, we've, we've grown by an additional 15%. That's just, th- you know, three months into the year. Our kids are growing even faster. This year already, our kids has grown 20%. Like, we're seeing more and more people coming because of your giving. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for giving. You're changing lives. You're changing eternities. You might not know it, but, but maybe someday on the other side of the grade, somebody will come up to you that's a kid right now, that's an infant right now, and will say, thank you for giving to Arise. Do you know we had two babies in our church born this week? Isn't that pretty cool? Two babies. We're growing just, you know, by natural reproduction, right? Our church is growing, and we've got to invest now for the future, and especially for the eternal future of those who are part of our church. And just imagine what we could do if we really invested I told you last week, not looking at this church, but looking nationally, that the average Christian who is a regular churchgoer, um, that, let me make sure I get these numbers right, <clears throat> that on average nationally, um, 21% don't give a single dollar to their church. 21% don't give anything. 71% give less than 2% of their income leaving only about 8% who tithe, who give 10%. That's just national average. I'm not saying it's for us. What it tells me is, what could we do if we all tithed? Just imagine how much money would be available so we could hire the staff, so we could do even cooler outreach stuff, so we can invite more people into our church, that we'd see more than just 1,000, but tens of thousands of people come to Christ. In a five-mile radius of just this church, there are 350,000 men, women, and children who don't go to church anywhere, who don't know Jesus. And we can have an impact on their lives, but it takes our giving to make that happen. And you're part of that. When you give, you help people live for eternity. For eternity. Okay, I want to do something real quick. I, it was, we did it first service, and it was really cool, so I want to do it again. Okay. You guys don't realize this, but, but people don't get faith, thanked for their generosity, especially if you're a faithful tither in our church. So I want, I want to thank all of you guys that are givers, that are tithers. But I want to do something that people have been faithful to our church for a long time. So I want, once again, everyone to stand up if you are a part of our church pre-March of 2020. Could you please stand up? If you are part of our church pre-March of 2020, I see some people in the back. Stand up if you are part of our church pre-March of 2020. Can we thank these people for being faithful to help us get through the pandemic? Okay, now stay standing, stay standing, and stay standing if you were a part of this church before I got here, so before April of 2017. Sit down if, if you weren't. 
Thank you guys for being faithful through a season before we had, in that interim without a lead pastor. Thank you guys. These, these people were faithful. Now, keep standing. Stay standing. If you were a part of our church before we owned Hangar 61, when this church was a mobile church, stay standing. If you are part of the church then. We got a couple over here. Yeah, we got a teenager and Randy in the back. Thank you guys for being faithful in our church before we even had a building. Now, I don't, yes, there is somebody. Okay, now, stay standing if you were a part of our church before we relaunched in Central Park. So if you were a part of this church when this church was still in Cherry Creek, stay standing. Everybody else sit down. We got two in the back. No, not Randy, but Steph Staley in the very back. Let's give a hand to Steph Staley. Now, I'm pointing this out because there's a faithfulness there that to stay a part of the church, to give their time, their talents, and their treasures through some rocky times, through some hard times. And a lot of those people have moved out of state that were once a part of our church. They, they've gone elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And, and some of you, like, maybe you can send those, uh, this video to people. We have one guy in our, who lives in Europe who was a part of our church then. Like, he can't be here physically very often. But, like, thank you for your generosity. And if you know those people, send them a link and say thank you for being faithful and giving to our church. Because those people who did it, for decades, are the reason why we can be here today. You might not know their names. They might not ever hear this thank you, but I want you to know that when you give now, you can invest for decades and generations to come when you give to this church. That will echo into eternity. When you give, you help people live for eternity. For eternity. Now, I am asking again for this 90-day generosity challenge. We had over 70 people fill this card out last week that we're just challenging people to take the next step in generosity. For some people, it's giving for the first time. We encourage people for their first step to become $100 a month giver, $25 a week. Some of you is go even bigger, like make it a portion of your income, give 10%. Some of you are giving now on top of your 10%. You're going higher percentage or you're giving to missionaries or something like that. Awesome. We just want to encourage you to take whatever your next step is with generosity. So if you have that card underneath your seat, pull it out. Fill this out online. Behind me, if you're online, fill out this QR code. I'm sorry if that wasn't working before. Fill out this card online because you online people are part of our church as well. We need your giving to turn the lights on, to have video cameras and, and all that stuff as well. So I want you to prayerfully consider what you might give through this. Some of you have already taken this challenge. Praise God, I'm glad you are. We're saying this 90-day generosity challenge because we know that God promises blessings, that he will return good things when we our, trust him with our money. And with that, we ask for your email address because we want to email you anonymously the stories of how God is blessing us over these 90 days. We already shared one of those this last week, but it was such a great story from someone who took the 90-day generosity challenge last year that I wanted you to hear their story from them. So let's watch this video from Josh. Hey church, uh, my name is Joshua Zeff, uh, and I've been coming to Arise for about four years now. My first day was actually Easter. Uh, you know, my wife, uh, I had just started dating her um, and she was like, hey, you should come to Easter with me, come to church. And you know, I went to that service and I really just got grabbed immediately by the heart. Um, and you know, a couple weeks later, I was on the phone with Matt and I had accepted Christ in my life. Um, we got baptized later that summer uh, and we really found a home here. We started coming every week uh, we joined a community group, we found places to serve, and it was just really awesome seeing how God's plan for us kind of unfolded so quickly. We kind of felt like it was our responsibility to start giving. 
Um, and so we started off really small. Uh, we started off just being part of the generosity team and we kind of got addicted to that feeling seeing how God uses our uh, giving to bless us um, and uses our giving to bless other people in our community. Um, and so we just made a plan to steadily kind of increase our giving as we could. Then we got put to kind of a huge test at the beginning of this year. Uh, I got really surprisingly laid off from my job and it was really sad and there was a lot of fear. We thought that this might be something that we were going to have to deal with for multiple months. Um, and so that weekend, you know, we kind of did a budget to see what our runway was, how long we could last. And it was a pretty bleak picture, I'm not gonna lie. We, we finally got to that church giving line, you know, and it was, it was a real battle. I wish I could say, you know, I was so faithful and I was like, no, we're not gonna stop giving to the church. It was hard, you know, and so we really had to wrestle with it and really had to decide. But, you know, we, we decided that, you know, God has a plan for us, God provides, he promises that. Um, and we decided to take a huge step of faith and we were not gonna touch our church giving. And that Monday, the response was honestly nothing short of supernatural. Um, and this whole process that we thought was gonna take us a couple months ended up taking two weeks. Um, and it, it was just crazy seeing how God works. And what's also crazy is that this new job allowed us to give more than we ever have to the church. Um, and it, it, it's just really amazing seeing how uh, this small step of faith we made to continue our church giving, God used that to even multiply our blessings so that we could give even more. And so I don't I don't say all this to brag. I know plenty of people have similar situations to this and it's not always easy and it's not always clear that it's the right choice. We're far from perfect givers, you know. I think it's, there's always that urge to hold on to your money. Um, and there's always, you know, it's not always fun giving. There's definitely things that we would like to spend our money on, but um, you know, we, we choose to do this and we enjoy doing it because we like seeing what God's plan is. We like seeing God act in our lives. We like seeing God act in our lives. We like seeing God act in our community. Um, and giving is just a way that we can be a part of that. It's a way that we can um, help more turbulence kids go to winter camp. It's a way that we can help more people get invited to Easter so that they can have the same experience that I did. Really, it's, it's our small part that we play in God's incredible, intricate plan. And it just feels like we get to be a part of that team. And so, yeah, that's why I give. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Josh, for sharing that. Now, if you're here in person, you, you see one of these books on your seat. These are books that our church purchased like a decade ago um, that, that we gave away. And I look on my shelf and we had like three boxes left. So we just had these books. We want to give them to you. It's a great book. I've read it just to ignite your generosity, to encourage you as you take those steps of faith. It's a gift to you. If you're online, you can let us know and we'll hold one of these books for you as well. But please take that. Um, it, it's, it's a gift to you. Um, so QR code should be behind me on the screen now. Thank you, Callie. QR code is up there. Please, uh, if, if we could put up the, the generosity team one too. So the generosity team, you have that card. I want you to prayerfully take a moment, a minute right now, just fill out what is God leading to you to give. This is between you and God. Take a minute to fill that out. feel that out as well. Now, if you have that card filled out, um, if I could have 
some help. Sawyer, to pick that up, these cards up again. We got Dave in the back too. Hold your card up if, if you're ready to turn it in today. Hold your head card high in the air and come around and pick that up if we have any of those cards. Hold them up. We had a lot last week. Hold that card up. And if you need to take some time to think and pray about it, you can bring it back as well. Um, <clears throat> let's pray together. Lord God, I'm just so grateful for your generosity, for your love, that you help us, that you give us hope. And because of that, we want to give. We want to see people's needs taken care of, but we also want to see eternities changed, and we need you to do that. So we're giving you and trusting you with our money, and please bless that. Help these blessings multiply. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Don't worry, we're not talking about giving next week. Come back next week for as we wrap up our Multiplied series with something other than giving. You'll be glad you did. Um, so uh, I just want to say, say this. We, we say it every week, but I need you to hear that we give because God gave first. In the very end of our passage, maybe you saw this in verse 15. It's the last verse in our passage. Paul ends this whole section where he's teaching the church to give, teaching us to be generous in verse 15. Do we have that up there? He says, I have it memorized. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's what he says. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He's like, the, the reason why we give, the ultimate thing is because God gave to us first. It's indescribable. It's so amazing that he can't even explain it with words. And yes, he's talking about the fact that God gives us the money that we can then give to others. But I think even more so, he's talking about the indescribable gift, the gift of his own son, that God loves us so much that while he was in heaven, seeing us in our sins, seeing us lost and in darkness and in depression, he gave his one and only son. He did not tithe his son. He gave 100% of his son so that Jesus walked among us to love us, to serve us, and to give of himself in service to others, ultimately to give himself by dying on the cross in our place. And this is the good news. This is the greatest gift that God gave because all that we need to do then is put our faith in Jesus Christ and when we trust him as our Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven, we are given new life now, and we are giving access to eternity in heaven with him forever and ever. What an indescribable gift. How amazing is that gift? You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. You can't give enough to get into heaven, but God gave to you so that you could make it in. Can we praise God for that indescribable gift? So I'm telling you that right now there are people today that make it, need to make that decision to receive that gift. That's all you have to do is receive the gift. And it says in God's word that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Last week we had three people on a giving week make that decision to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? So that maybe there's someone here today who makes to make that decision for themselves, to receive that gift, to know that you are forgiven, you have new life now and eternal life ahead. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to repeat a simple prayer after me so that you can accept that gift. So would everybody close your eyes? And if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. And please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Give me your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you and to be generous until I see you in eternity. Now with 
eyes closed. I want to celebrate with you if you made that decision. We would just love to celebrate. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus today for the first time is your Lord and Savior, please put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air. Praise God. I see that hand. Let's celebrate for that hand I see right over there. Lord God, we're just so grateful for those who make a decision to follow you that they can find that ultimate gift, that they can be filled with your spirit, that you can help them move forward in forgiveness, guilt-free, with eternal life ahead, Lord God. We are grateful that we each get to be a part of the ministry to lead people to know you and have their eternities changed. Thank you for using us. And I pray that you would bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen.